I am never told, be ye baptized by the Holy Spirit. I'm not even told, be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But having been baptized by the Spirit into Christ Jesus, therefore his life becoming mine and my life his, now the Holy Spirit has come to reside in me, sealing me as a child of God and living within me. There is something I am commanded to do. I am commanded, having been baptized by the Spirit into Christ, having been indwelt by the Spirit, I am now commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Welcome to In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. We're glad you've joined us. Living a godly life isn't easy. The only way to succeed at it is by walking in the Spirit. We began examining this concept yesterday, and as our study of Ephesians continues today, we'll see that chapter 5 gives a clear explanation of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you give yourself to God, it is like you take a sheet of paper, sign your name at the bottom, and tell God to fill it out. Whatever you want, what you've done is you've given authority over your life to God. And any time I choose to take back that authority, I am rebelling against the one who has ultimate authority and one to whom I said you have the right to have authority in my life. A spirit-filled Christian is a spirit-controlled one. Listen, control because you gave him the right and the authority to control you. It is the definite, deliberate, voluntary transfer of what? Possession, control, and use of my total being, spirit, soul, and body to the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom it rightfully belongs by creation and by redemption. That means I sign the deed over to him. Transfer, undivided possession. That means he owns it all. Undivided control, he's in full control. Undivided use, it's all up to him. Of what? Spirit, soul, body. Let me ask you a question. What do you have left? Nothing. To the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom it rightfully belongs by right of creation and by right of redemption. Now, my friend, if you are walking in the Spirit, you are filled with the Spirit. And if you are filled with the Spirit, it is because you have made a transfer of the undivided possession, control, and use of your spirit, soul, and body to the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom it rightfully belongs. And what you have done is you have said to God, I am willing for you to control and dominate and guide my life. Whatever you say is absolute law to me because I have yielded up undivided possession, control, and use. You're in control. Now, friend, the truth is, if you've never done that, you've never been filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't say that you have to know that definition to be filled with Spirit, but in essence, if He's in control, you can't be in control. Let me ask you, will the Holy Spirit fill you if you say, Lord, you can have my spirit, you can have my soul, I'll take care of the body? No. That's divided possession, divided control, and divided use. Now, let me clarify something. That doesn't mean there was something outside of you that suddenly came inside of you when you received the Holy Spirit. Because the moment you were saved, now listen carefully, all of the person, listen, all, it says the Holy Spirit, all of the person of the Holy Spirit you'll ever receive, you got it at salvation. When you were saved, all the Holy Spirit you'll ever receive, you received Him in His fullness the moment you were saved. But now, the way He overflows within you and begins to fill and control and dominate your life is a matter of your choice when you, by cleansing, when you, by yielding, 
yield spirit, soul, and body and all that you have to him, that's a different matter. Because you got all of him at salvation, the question is, because we were not instructed properly, did not understand, he did not fill us in total capacity to all he will the more we understand who he is and how he operates in our life. Now, I'm not saying a person couldn't be saved and filled the Holy Spirit right then. If they're instructed properly, indeed they will be and they can be. First of all, there's got to be cleansing. Anything in your life tonight that you know willingly and knowingly should not be there, you've got to deal with it if you're going to be filled. Anything in your life that you are still holding on to, you st he has almost control, but not quite. Undivided possession, undivided control, undivided use, that doesn't leave us anything. I must receive the fullness. Having asked him to fill me, I accept it as done on the basis of what? On the basis of his promise. Listen to what he says. 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. Does the Bible say, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. So it is his will, right? It is. If it is his will, listen to this verse. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have, at that moment, we have the petition that we desired of him. So, it's interesting, you are not filled with the Spirit, and the evidence of the filling of the Spirit is not feeling. We are filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. Now, the first time I was confronted with that, I never heard anybody preach on it. I just knew there had to be more than I had, and in ignorance, I went about to seek what it was and who it was. And I remember I was in seminary, and I asked this graduate student. One night, I was sitting at the dinner table uh, talking in the seminary. I'd only been there a few weeks, and I was green as the greenest grass you've ever seen. But I was hungry for God. And I said something about the Holy Spirit, it, this, that, and the other, and so forth. So he didn't say anything to me. He said, um, Charles, would you like to come by my room after dinner? I said, sure. So I walked into his room. He's a great big, tall, lanky, thin sort of a fellow. And this is the honest truth. He'd built bookshelves around his room. He had a private room. I mean, they were from the floor to the ceiling. I mean, I've never seen so many books. And I was just awed by that. So we sat down. He said, um, are you interested in the Holy Spirit? I said, I am. He said, well, have you got a Bible? I said, sure. He said, wait a minute. Let me, let me give you uh, one of mine. So he gave me one of his Bibles. He took his Greek Bible out. Well, I was in trouble, I knew then, because I knew he was trying to tell me something. So he turned me to Romans chapter 8. And uh, he taught me a lesson that the Holy Spirit is not it. He's a somebody. He said, don't ever call the Holy Spirit an it. That puts him on the level of things. He's somebody. And he's somebody who wants to fill your life. And I mean, he just began to share with me what God had done in his life and the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, I finished seminary and I went to my first church and I, I heard what he said and I read everything I could find and and somehow, deep down inside of me, I, I knew that I needed something, but I, I just couldn't get my fingers on I knew it had to do with the Holy Spirit. Well, I can look back and see, and I knew after it happened, that my biggest problem was I kept looking for this feeling. And it's like I had to have a feeling to prove that it had happened. I mean, I fasted, prayed, begged, pleaded, cried. I did everything. And I was getting ready to start teaching in a Bible institute that everybody there was a pastor. I'd never been one before. That was my first church. Green as I could be, scared to death. And I'll tell you, God knew exactly what it would take to get me on my face, to get me at the bottom. And I'll tell you, the Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock before school started on next Monday, brother, that's the first time I knew that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know the biggest struggle in my life all those years was the problem with feeling. 
Because I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and when you got filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, brother, you felt it. You walked up and down the aisles, and you shouted, and you praised the Lord, and you spoke in tongues. None of those things happened to me. And somehow I just thought, God, what is it going to take? I kept reading and reading and reading. First John chapter 5, I read that passage. I thought, wait a minute. You said, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit? That's your will for my life? Here's what you said would happen if I ask. I knew my life was clean before God. And I can remember the first thing I did is I went and told my wife. I said, let me tell you something. I, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know I don't look any different, but I'm telling you, <laughs> God's done something in my heart. And I'll tell you, there was an immediate, immediate change. And I, and I began to feel something. I had a sense of confidence and boldness to walk in those classes and know that I had heard what God said and I knew exactly what He wanted to do. Feeling, my friend, will trip you up. If you live on emotion, you can spend your life trying to get some feeling and never know whether you've been filled with the Spirit or not. If your life is cleansed before God and you're totally yielded to Him and you pray to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and you accept 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, then you can walk out of here tonight knowing that you've been filled. Now, what does Paul say about the evidence of it? Listen, back over to Ephesians now, chapter 5. If you look in verse 19, here's what he says. He says, now, go back to verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to, listen now. Be filled with the Spirit. What is that? Comma. Then he says, fill with the Spirit. Here's what you can expect. Look at this. Look what's not here. And look what is here. He says, be, be ye being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Now, he says, one of the evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit, in essence, is joy. And what happens? He says, you won't be able to keep quiet. You'll be speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, that is singing, spiritual songs, making melody with your heart to the Lord. You listen, he says you'll be singing to one another, singing in your heart and singing to the Lord. You can't keep it quiet. You feel the Spirit. You know why? Because the Spirit overflows. When God is released in your life, when He has undivided possession, control, and use, what is He going to do? He's going to work in your life what will glorify Him and attract people to Him within you. Let me ask you a question. What kind of people do you want to be around? Sad? Mad? Angry? Long face, no smile, no joy, no happiness, no peace, critical, down in the mouth, living in the basement, is that the kind of folks you want to be around? Or do you want to be around somebody who's full of joy? He said, singing hymns and making melody in your heart to one another and to the Lord. And I'm simply saying to you, when you're filled with the Spirit, you do what God, you, you express the joy of the Lord in your life as God leads you, and don't worry about what anybody thinks. I'm not worried about it, because I know He's not going to lead you to do anything foolish. You may do something that wouldn't be particularly my style, but that's all right. I'm not God. You've got to be obedient to God. We have to be freed in the Lord if we're going to be what He wants us to be. So first of all, he says one of the evidences is a tremendous amount of freedom and liberty in singing to the Lord and each other. Look in verse 20. Now watch this because you see, here is perfect balance. I mean, this is fantastically beautiful. Watch this. Not only is he says there's going to be joy, but secondly, verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. A person who's spirit-filled is a thankful person. 
are people who, who are full of gratitude. A person who's filled with the Spirit, you're going to have to ask that person to tithe. My goodness, no. Because what? They're giving thanks. Who are they grateful to? They're grateful to God. They're grateful to each other. There's an overflowing spirit of gratitude. Can't wait to give. Grateful to God, thanking God, praising God. Look at this perfect balance. Look at this next verse. And being subject one to another in the fear of Christ. Acknowledging my brother, submitting myself to him in the Lord. What that means is I am not going to deliberately offend my brother. I'm not going to do anything to cause confusion. Listen, as I rejoice in the Lord and submit myself to Him and, and am grateful for Him, I also recognize that I am also to be submissive to one another. So you see what a perfect balance He has? Interesting thing, you know, when the Holy Spirit gave us Scripture, the Holy Spirit wasn't afraid we'd mis misinterpret it. He gave us the whole truth. A Spirit-filled believer, according to that passage of Scripture, is going to be overflowing full of gratitude, love for each other, submitting themselves to one another. You see, the Spirit-filled life is not necessarily evidenced by what the world thinks it ought to be evidenced by, but it's evidenced by what? It's evidenced by my character, my conversation, my conduct. Look in Galatians 5.22. When Paul was describing here evidence of the fullness of the Spirit, Here's what he said. When he has undivided possession, controlling use, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, that is the overflow of the Spirit, when he has undivided control, undivided possession, undivided use, what's going to flow from you? Love, joy. Let's say it together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So when somebody says, well, you're filled with the Spirit, I'll tell you what you do. All you have to do is go get your Bible. You don't have to say, I think I am. Just go get your Bible and read this passage and see if your life, in Galatians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 5, just see if your present character, conduct, and conversation are anything similar to those two passages of Scripture. Now, here's the big question. I'm going to close in a second. Somebody says, how long can I live filled? That's real simple. As long as you're willing to allow him to have undivided possession, undivided control, and undivided use. You say, well, how long is that? I'll tell you how long it is. When you have to make the next decision in your life to obey or disobey God, at that moment, you either reaffirm your fullness or you lose it. You say, well, suppose I lose it. What do I do? Let me tell you what you don't do. You don't say, oh, goodness. Oh, and Satan will just attack you. Say, see, you didn't have it. You just thought you had it. No. If you were filled, you were filled. If you have allowed sin to come into your life and take control, what's that? Possession, yes. Use, yes. What you have to do is to confess it right then and there, acknowledge it, repent of it, and do what? Receive the fullness by faith and keep walking. You know how fast all that can happen? Let's say you go to work tomorrow morning. Somebody comes in. You know, it's Monday morning, and you're just one of those persons who doesn't get started very early in the morning, and it takes you a while to wake up. And you, you walk in your sleep, and you work. It takes you about three or four hours to wake up, and somebody lays one on you, and you, you, without thinking, you flare back, and you get upset. 
The Spirit of God convicts you just like that. What do you do? You just thank Him for His forgiveness. Choose that that's not a part of your life. Reaffirm your fullness and thank Him for it and keep moving. You see, what I want to say to you is you don't have to walk around in self-pity and get down in the dumps and feel guilty. Oh, God, look what I've done. Listen, He knows you're going to blow it at times. That's why He said, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit because God knows we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Sometimes we aren't just going to make a mistake. Sometimes we're going to willfully sin. And we're going to have to willfully repent of it right there. But you don't get down in the dumps and say, oh, how long is it going to take me to, to, to be refilled? Just as quickly as you're willing to say, I confess, repent, and what? Reaffirm His possession, control, and use of your life. Now, you can be saved and go to heaven and never be filled with the Spirit. But I want to tell you, you'll struggle every step of the way. You'll miss out on so much because, let me tell you something, you will not get hungry for God. You won't have a deep yearning to know Him. You won't have an insatiable desire to know the living God and live in sin. The folks who have those desires are people who are walking in the Spirit. It's a daily walk. It's a continuous walk. It's a continuous believing and receiving. We have to yield. And you see, remember this. God doesn't bring up everything at one time that you're going to have to yield in your life. You know what He does so lovingly and so sweetly to us? He brings to my mind and heart what He knows I'm capable of handling at that moment. Now, here's what I want you to see. You can, listen, God tonight can have undivided possession, control, and use of your life. Totally. Two days from now, God may bring something to your mind that you never even thought about. Well, does that mean that, that two days ago you weren't filled? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that now that God has brought up another issue, you have to make a decision. You will continue being filled or you will lose it by saying, no, I can't do that, God. So what I want you to see is while it is continuous and while God may bring up an area of your life that you never even thought about dealing with before, that doesn't mean that you weren't filled. It means that you now are facing a new issue whereby undivided possession, control, and use has what? has extended into an area of your life that you never even thought about. And so now you have to deal with it again. I just simply say this to you. If you want God's best for your life, if you want the power of Almighty God to flow through your life, if you want to be effective in your witnessing, effective in your singing, if you want to be effective in your teaching, if you want to be effective in your living, if you want to be effective as a husband or wife, if you want to be effective as a child, as, as a student, if you want to be effective in your work, in your business, in your social relationships, if your life is going to count to the fullest, the fullness of the Spirit is essential because it's this simple. If He doesn't have undivided possession, control, and use, then I am in control. And I'll tell you this, God isn't going to fight you over the control. He's always there to take the reins but the choice to be filled is always your choice. Thanks for listening to In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. A Christian fully receives the Holy Spirit at salvation. 
being filled with the Spirit, describes the condition of the believer who continually surrenders control of his or her life to God. You can learn more about what a Spirit-controlled life looks like when you visit us at intouch.org. And that's also where you can order a copy of today's complete message, Walking in the Spirit, or order Dr. Stanley's teaching set on the book of Ephesians titled, Discovering Our True Identity. Again, that's intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. If you prefer to write, our address is In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Maybe you're realizing you're not really surrendered to God, and you'd like to be. You'll hear Dr. Stanley's prayer for you just ahead in today's Moment with Charles Stanley. Photography gives me an opportunity to share my heart, to share the truth of God's Word. I want to capture something that God uses to send me a message so I can share it with you. For years, Dr. Charles Stanley has used photography to express his love for God's handiwork. Now we want to share a beautiful print from his personal collection with you. Brighten your day and any space with this one-of-a-kind piece of artwork. To get your free photo print, go to intouch.org slash free. At some point, we find ourselves wondering what happens after we die. As believers in Jesus Christ, our hope is heaven. But what will heaven be like? In his book, The Gift of Heaven, Dr. Charles Stanley shares what the Bible promises about God, heaven, and eternity. This beautiful book is a thoughtful gift for any believer or non-believer who wants to know more about heaven. To order The Gift of Heaven, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or visit intouch.org. With a prayer for believers to be fully yielded to the Lord, here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Father, we thank you for giving us that awesome responsibility. We pray that the Holy Spirit, who is so precious to us, upon whom we must depend, who is so willing to illuminate so much of thy word to us, who empowers us for every need of our life, who is our teacher, our guide, our comforter, indwelling us, having sealed us. We pray that the Holy Spirit will gain for the very first time undivided possession, control, and use of those who have never been filled, maybe because they didn't understand, maybe because there's been sin there, maybe because they have held the reins to their life, but they're willing to lay it all aside. I pray that He will gain undivided control, undivided possession, and undivided use of every single person here in response to an act of their will, Father, to say, in confession and repentance of sin, in yielding all to you, in prayer receiving by faith the fullness of the Spirit. I want to pray that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Each Christian is given the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. The question for a believer to answer is, have I given myself to the Holy Spirit's control? Learn more about living the Christian life at intouch.org. Would you like to review today's message? You can replay it at our website. You can also stream previous messages or download podcasts. 
find us online at intouch.org. And if today's program has prompted you to take a new look at how you could share the grace of God with others, please let us know. What do you think of when you hear the word submission? Next time, we'll get help understanding it from God's perspective. I hope you'll join us Monday for more teaching from Ephesians on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts.